everyone again. If you have your Bible, please open it to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. On Thursday, I had the privilege of giving an invocation at a luncheon at the Von Braun Center. And while I was there, I had a great conversation with one of our local elected officials who, who has been in public service for almost 20 years now. He, he told me that the Lord called him to be in public service. That's why he's there. The Lord called him out of a job where he was a sales rep to join the arena of public service. And you know, his sales job, it, it, it was a good job. It had a nice salary, but he was still sensing a call to be in public office. And so he, was, he started making plans to, to run for this particular office. And this, at the time, this office only paid $30,000 at the time. So it wasn't very much money to support his family, but he still felt called to do it. And so that meant to do it, he was going to have to take a significant pay cut in order to fulfill his call. But he was willing. And he told his dad about his decision to run for public office. And this is what his dad said to him. He said, son, you're going to quit a six-figure job for one that only pays 30000 a year? Are you sure you want to do that? The son said to his dad, yes, I'm sure. The father said, I could not be more proud of you, son, for money can't buy happiness. Those encouraging words from his father actually gave him the empowerment to, to move forward with the call. He told me those words from his dad gave him what he needed. And so he stepped out. And he's still serving our city today. Those words, I'm, I could not be more proud of you, son. Those words were a father's blessing to this particular man. The fa his father spoke a, a blessing over his life to run for public office. Former NFL pro Bill Glass says, a father's blessing involves a hug, a kiss. Not a kiss of abuse, but a kiss of blessing. And Dana Gresh says, ultimately, the father blessing says two things. In Matthew 3, we see God the Father mothering the Father's blessing for us. Jesus is baptized. And the spot God the Father comes down and says, This is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. That's all we need from a dad, she says. We need to hear him say, He or she is mine and I'm proud of you. Each of us deeply desires to know that blessing. Every child needs and longs for a father's blessing from their father. Good fathers give such a blessing. Now, if you don't have a father or, or if you had a bad father or an absent father, you still long for this type of blessing. Even if you say you don't, in your subconscious you still do. We want to hear the words, I love you. I'm proud of you. And today you will. From the mouth of your heavenly Father, who gives a Father's blessing to all of his sons 
and daughters. All over the world, he extends a father's blessing to them. And so we have to embrace the father's blessing to us. If you have your Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which is lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of his who, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we might be the first to hope in Christ, we might be the praise of his glory. In him also you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him you were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of of his glory. Let us pray. Father, as we come to the preaching of your word, we ask that the Spirit again will move. Apart from your Spirit, Lord, preaching has no power, it has none whatsoever. The Spirit has to take these words, Lord, and apply these words to my heart and to every heart that's here. Something supernatural has to happen during this time. Something, Lord, has to happen in our hearts and souls. Otherwise, we're just going through the motions. Otherwise, we're just checking off a box. So, Spirit, our helper, our counselor, we call out to you to come and apply the word of God to our very lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Here in Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 13, Paul lists out for us God's fatherly blessing to you. The blessings that he extends to all of his sons and daughters. This morning we're going to spend our time focusing on, on verse 3. For it sets the stage for the rest of the passage. Because before Paul gets into the Father's blessings to you, he wants you to first bless the Father. Bless the Father who blesses you. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Today, fathers throughout our country will be blessed by their kids. They will be celebrated. They will be honored. Fathers will be showered with expressions of gratefulness, honor, appreciation, love. Some will have a Father's Day lunch. Some will get Father's Day gifts, 
like another tie or a watch. And whatever it is you do to, to show your appreciation of your dad, they deserve it. Fathers deserve it. They deserve it to be shown appreciation and to be celebrated. For a good father is just as important as a good mom in the life of a child. Just as important. J.G. McCain, which is pastor of St. Luke's Baptist Church in Harlem, New York, he says, no woman can fill the role of a father. And he's right. The Bible says we are to honor our father and mother. And so this Father's Day, honor your dad. Honor the father figure in your life because they have an important role in your life. Bless them. And not just your earthly fathers, but there's one more father who deserves the same expressions of honor, the same expressions of love for his Father's Day for him as well. And that's your Heavenly Father. Paul says, Bless be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. These words are, are a doxology. It's a praising and giving thanks to God. And this term here that is used for to bless is never used of man in the Bible. It's always used of God. Only to God. Why? For he's the only one who is truly worthy of such honor, worthy of such praise, worthy of such glory. Is God the Father worthy? Is he worthy? This is participation from the congregation. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, he's worthy. But do you express it? Do you express gratefulness to him? Thanksgiving to him. Appreciation to him. Honor him. Love him. A majority of the fathers today are going to receive Father's Day cards. That's, that's just the norm in our culture. You know, some cards would be funny, some would be spiritualized, some would be serious. And your Father's Day card that you give to your Heavenly Father are the praises and thanksgiving that you should give to Him every day for being your Father. When was the last time you gave Him such a card? When was the last time you took a moment to say thank you for all that you've done and all that you will do? When was the last time you took a moment to say, I praise you for being good? Not just here on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday, do you give him the Father's Day card that he rightfully deserves? For he has blessed you. He has sustained you. And he deserves appreciation for it. Because you're not who you are just because of you. Think about that. You're not who you are just because of your last name or the family you were brought up in. You're not who you are just because of you. You're not going where you're going just because of you. And nor will you make it out of what you're going through just because of you. As the old hymn says, but there is a God that rules above. There is a God who rules above with a hand of power and a heart of love. If I'm right, he'll fight my battle. That's true of you. That's your Heavenly Father. He rules you with a hand of power and a heart of love. 
Psalm 103 says, The Lord has established his kingdom in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. And that includes every area of your life, down to the shoes on your feet. He rules over you. Has he made a way out of nowhere in your life? Has he provided for you and yours? Has he been faithful? Has he ever abandoned you? Has he ever deserted you? Has he ever abused you? Has he ever taken you for granted? Look over your life. All that you've been through, even the hard times. Tell me one time that God has not been faithful. Point to me one time in your life where you can say that God did not show up. We can't. We can't. He's always, he's always shown up. He might not come when you want him to, but he will come. Because he's an on-time God. He comes. He comes. He will cover you. He will protect you. He will provide for you. Because that's what a father does for his people, for his sons and daughters. And when we look over our life, all, all, all we should say is what David says, not to us, O Lord. Not to us, but to your name we give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. That's our anthem. That's at the end of our life. When our life comes to an end, that should be the only thing that comes from it. Not to me, O oh Lord. Not to me, but, but, but your name receives glory and honor for all that's taking place in my life. This means none of us should be taking selfies. And you know what a selfie is if you have a smartphone. <laughs> None of us should be taking selfies when it comes to our life. We turn that smartphone toward him. It's his image that should be uploaded into the Facebook of your life, not yours. Because he's the one that has carried you. He's the one that has delivered you. He's the one that has provided for you. He's the one that has covered you. And he's the one that has given you everything that you have. Not because you went to a certain school, not because you work a certain job. It's because God has blessed. And if he removed his hand from your life, you would cease to exist. All that you have will be taken away. And you'd be just like Job. But would you remain faithful to him if he did that? God the Father is the source of all your blessings, the one seen and unseen. For he gives a father's blessing to all his people. And we should bless him for that. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. These spiritual blessings are the, they, they, they are the Father's blessing over you. These are the blessings he bestows upon you freely. These are the hugs and kisses that he gives you. These are, when he gives you these blessings, he's saying, she is mine. He is mine. In this phrase, in the heavenly places, it points us to the supernatural origin of these blessings. It means the blessings do not have their origin in us. We cannot steal them from God. He gives them to us. We're not the means and the source of the blessings. The process does not begin with us. In fact, the, pro the process began back in eternity before you were ever born. Before there was even a you is when this process started. When he initiated these blessings. The process begins with the Godhead. The Trinity. The Father. The Son. The Holy Spirit. 
The Father is the sovereign initiator. He creates the process by which you get his fatherly blessings. Who blessed you in Christ? God the Father has blessed you in Christ. He is the source. The Son is the mediator of those blessings. He blesses you in Christ. The Christ is the go-between, the filter, the bridge by which you get all the blessings of God. J.R. Packer says, a mediator is a go-between who brings together parties who are not in communication, who may be alienated, estranged, and even at war with each other. Apart from Christ, apart from the God-man, man and God are alienated from each other because God is holy, man is sinful. And the holy God says this to a sinful man, I got beef with you. I got beef with you. And he's not talking about meat. He's saying, I have a problem with you. And it's your sin. And without a mediator, you don't get a father's blessing. Instead, you get a curse. You got to understand that. Without a mediator, without a go-between, you do not get a father's blessing. You get a curse. The curse of God's wrath upon you because of sin. Waikita's uh, late aunt, Aunt Fannie Mae, was the matriarch of her mother's side of the family. She was the head of the family, basically. And she was the chief disciplinarian as well. She actually disciplined all of her siblings' kids, even though they could have did it, but she did it. And now, in those days, discipline meant you got a whipping. It wasn't much time out given in those days. It was, you got a spanking. And Aunt Fannie Mae, she gave out all her whippings on Tuesdays. <laughs> because that was her day off work. So if you were disobedient on Wednesday, that meant you had to wait until the following Tuesday to get your whipping. Now, I don't know about you, but waiting seven days for a whipping, that's, that's a long time to wait. But she never forgot either. You were guaranteed if you're disobedient on Wednesday, you're going to get your whipping on Tuesday. Being under God's wrath is similar to what my Aunt Fannie Mae did. Sin puts you under God's wrath, but you've got to wait until the following Tuesday to get your whipping. And the following Tuesday, the dead judgment that is going to come. And he will not forget. Because on that day, he's going to dish out eternal whippings that you cannot escape from, that you cannot hide from. And in order for you to be saved from that whipping, that you need a mediator. You need someone that's going to take your place and receive that whipping for you. And that is what Jesus did. God whipped him on the cross in your place. In your place. That's what a mediator does. Christ receives the curse so that you can receive the blessing. That's why the blessing is always in him. If you're not in Christ, you cannot get the blessing. Why? What does it mean to be in Christ? This is what theologians call union with Christ. It means you are united with Jesus like a branch to a vine. That's what it means. You are united with him like a branch to a vine. Like 
like a, a vine that gives life to its branches. That's what Jesus does for you. He gives you life. He sustains your life. He covers you. And the person must a person must have saving faith. Can I just die? A person must have saving faith in Christ in order to be united with him. And what is saving faith? What is it? It means you surrender all that you are to Jesus. You trust him. You rest in him. You hope in him. It is your only means of salvation. And so, are you under God's wrath? Or are you under his fatherly blessing? To get the blessing, you have to be in Christ. Remember, the Father has initiated a process by which you receive his blessing. That includes a mediator, and that is Jesus. Christians sometimes, can y'all hear me? I feel like I'm not. We good? Okay. Christians can sometimes approach the Christian life through an old hip-hop song by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock that says it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. But it really takes three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It takes three to make it go right. The Father initiates, the Son mediates, and the Holy Spirit is the administrator of those blessings. His role is just as important as the other two persons in the Godhead. You see, these every spiritual blessings is a reference to the fact that the blessings come from the Spirit. The Spirit has to give them to us. He has an important role because we can't lay hold of the blessings ourselves by being a good person and following all the rules or coming to church, coming to Sunday school. The blessings has to be effectually applied to you. They have to be administered to you by the Holy Spirit. And he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can do it. For what takes place in us is done to us apart from us. The Spirit administers the Father's blessing to you when he effectually calls you. And what does that mean? It's what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2.13. From the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit belief in the truth. Jesus says in John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Think about that. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh, your flesh, your good works, your good deeds, your obedience, you following the rules is no help at all. At all. The Spirit is the one who takes away your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. He renews you. He enlightens you. And that is what theologians call regeneration. When the Holy Spirit takes your dead heart and gives it life. And when he does that, then you come to saving faith. J.R. Packer also says, original sin, that is what, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, original sin renders all human beings naturally dead 
unresponsive to God. But in effectual calling, God quickens the dead. He quickens you. He frees your will. So you choose to come and in faith in Christ. This is the process which God has initiated his fatherly blessing to you. He mediates it through the Son and he administers it to the Holy Spirit. We have a Trinitarian Father and we should bless him as such today. But will you? Jim Zetz has stage four pancreatic cancer and he's only expected to live a few months. And so for his daughter's 11th birthday, he gave her a gift that he would not be able to give her later in life. This gift was a father's blessing to her. The blessing was a wedding ceremony in which he walked his 11-year-old daughter down the aisle because he knew he was not going to be around for her wedding day. Jim says, it was not easy to do, let me tell you, but I wouldn't change it for the world. In 20 years, when she really gets married, she's going to be happy that this happened. In 20 years, when she actually gets married, she's going to be happy that her father loved her enough to bless her with that gift at age 11. That's a father's blessing. Always doing what he can to make sure his kid is taken care of and cared for and loved. And so I encourage all of our fathers, our surrogate fathers, our, our, our father figures here, bless your kids. Bless them. In fact, we're going to do that now. We're going to do that right now. So if you're a dad or a surrogate dad or a father figure, if your kids are here with you, I want you to turn to them and bless them. And I'm going to go do the same to mine. Father God, I do pray your blessings over all the fathers here and those who will one day be fathers, those who are grandfathers, those who are father figures. I pray that you will continue to watch over them, sustain them, and I also pray for those of us who had hard dads growing up, or who had no dads growing up that you will do, replace that with your fatherhood. You replace that with your love. You know us. You know all of our earthly fathers have issues, even the good ones. And so, Lord, I pray for those who have lost fathers, those who have gone on to glory. I pray that you administer them, because this is going to be a hard day for these individuals, because their dad is no longer here. So I pray that you administer to their hearts with your faithfulness, and that we all know, Lord, that, that, that you are everything that we need. 
that you can minister to, to whatever pain that we have, whatever suffering that we have, or whatever loss that we have. You can heal it. You can redeem it. You can restore it. Just help us to believe. Just help our unbelief. And I thank you that the life of my kids, I'm not going to mess them up to a place where you can't redeem them. That I have to believe that you are sovereign over their life in spite of me. That you're going to carry them in spite of me. Because there's an end to what my fathering can do. And that's the truth for every dad. You can only do what you can do. We still have to trust in your sovereignty. We still have to trust in your faithfulness over them. Because one day they will leave and go on. And we got to send them out with your blessing over them. That you will keep them. That even when they stray, and some of them will stray. I don't care how good we are, how much we try to control them. They will stray sometimes. But we have to remember there is a God who rules above with a hand of power and a heart of love. And if we're right, he will always fight our battles. And when it comes to our kids, that has to be true. Because you can do what we can't do. And it has changed hearts. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.